This week is brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat Flip Flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with the military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. Be sure to enter the code UNITY at checkout to help support the podcast. And in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become part of their unarmed forces. Brought to you by Daisy May Hatco, the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. Hi, Dan Holloway. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have a, so I've got a whole brand called uh, All Politicians Are Cunts. Right. Uh, uh, which I abbreviated to APAC because most people can't just walk around their towns and places of business with the word cunt written on their shirt. Um, which that's understandable, I guess. I mean, I do it, but I own the business, so there's not a whole lot anybody can do, but I understand it. But yeah, it's, I, I always ask before I go on somebody's show, what is and isn't appropriate. Cause people have different strategies. Like Tim pool actually monetizes on YouTube. So no profanity. Right. Hmm. And it's, I mean, that's his, that's his livelihood. So I'm not going to fuck around with it just because well, no. just to like make a point, you know? No, you're respectful. No, we monetize on YouTube as well. That being said, for some reason, that's not what we're flagged for. So I'm not super concerned. Um, it's generally about, you know, hey, don't don't talk about that time that so-and-so took someone's life. <laughs> They're not really into that conversation or the honesty and abruptness of veterans in general, it seems like. Um, really? That, yeah. Have you been, have you guys had anything happen like that? Um. Well, in the last week, we've had two of our highest grossing videos taken down, but for no apparent reason. I mean, one of them was um, from like three years ago, and it was this uh, porn actress, Tana Trump, talking about how she fucked Bill Maher, right? <laughs> um, which is, I mean, that's kind of racy, but it, there's no community standards being violated. It was just a conversation. It wasn't even graphic or anything. She didn't talk about his dick or anything. It was just... Like, yeah, he's in the, and it's, it's kind of an open secret in Hollywood. He likes uh, black women. Right. So it's not like a big, she was, she was just making that point because we were casually having a conversation about something completely off topic. And then the other one was um, the, uh, it was a short conversation with the Hodge twins. And okay. <clears throat> to be honest, I don't even know how the algorithm could understand what they're saying because I can't. Like they're so deep south, I can't understand what they're saying half the time. Um, uh, and I'm from the south too. I'm from South Carolina, so uh, no, that one got taken down too. But that we weren't even—they were just joking around. We weren't even talking about politics or anything. They—they're not really super profane either. So I don't know why they got taken down. It's weird. That's very odd. Yeah, that's—it's it, strange. I get taken down for hate speech, and I'm a mental health podcast. So you know, fuck it, right? Here we are. <laughs> this is. Uh... Um, uh, my favorite is a uh, hate speech and yeah. uh, sexual exploitation. 
I'm the least feminine really? woman doing podcasts. I don't know how sexual, sexual exploitation. Like what? How, how are the what, what's the what's the sexual exploitation bit? So I think it was last week or the week before. I uh, I posted an NFT that's on Instagram mm. under someone's page. I, I think it's called Oak Arrow 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 and Oak, and it was an NFT, mm. and it was it was a it was a lady in a position like with clothes on, but her face was made of flowers, but she had a sparkle on her nipple. That was deemed sexual exploitation. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's yeah. Yeah, but it seems like uh, it, it wasn't always the case. I think it's because of the Church of England, to be honest. But uh, North America is quite uncomfortable with nipples if they're on a female. That's bizarre to me, right? It's yeah. They they, they feed know. you. They they you grow from them. They're amazing, and they're not well, allowed. I, I yeah yeah. But a man sure. who's six hundred pounds. A 600 pound man can go out with a t-shirt off and just double D that bitch down the beach. But I can't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. It, it really is weird. I think it's, but it's, we, we still have, uh, people like to romanticize things, you know, uh, they don't like to talk about Cortez, uh, burning all of his ships after he got to, uh, South America and saying that this would be a good place to enslave all the people and shit like that. They want to be <laughs> more romantic about things. Uh, and they want to be romantic about the settlers that uh, originally came to America, but it turns out that they were the Puritans didn't escape England uh, looking for religious freedom. They were kind of kicked out. You know what I mean? It was right. more of an exile type situation, not so much as a. Uh, and you would think with Canada, with the amount of uh, I know, I know that's a, a, a lot of UK involvement, obviously. I mean historically but there's a pretty big french involvement too and they've never really been upset by the female body that much um so yeah, that's weird quebec's a different ball game i don't know have you have you been to quebec i have yeah it's it's nice uh well it was nice now it's a fucking prison camp right correct yeah they're uh i mean all right they're they're worse than ontario now right i mean they're getting pretty oh, wild up there by a long shot so it was so funny i actually got uh somebody sent me um a TikTok yesterday and it was of an individual just kind of it was a true quebecer and it was right after they were they announced that quebec would be not only mandating the vaccines but taxing the unvaccinated yeah. and they were going to be uh -huh. the first province to do it this guy went up in his suit and tie and when are we going to fucking stop this shit and he posted it went viral and i saw this and my girlfriend from, from quebec who i served with ben she messaged me and she goes god damn it that's fantastic but it's also like it's super sad the fact that we're allowing it and it's interesting because quebec has never really had this this they're always been very canadian but they've always tried to separate from you know, Canada, they've always wanted to have their own way of doing things. Their, their high school is different. Their college is different. You know, they have CIGIP. They don't just go right to university. The way that Quebec runs, a lot of things are drastically different, including with nudity. And if you have a conversation with an individual who's ever dated a Quebecer, it's a very different ball game. It's more like dating a European than it is like dating someone from North America. If they're true 
true born and raised, gone through all of the Quebec system, they have a very different way of life about them. Um, right, for sure. Is, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting to me because uh, still a lot of Parisian culture, French mm-hmm. culture in general, and it seems like it, the last thousand years or so, the French, every 150 to 200 years, just cut the heads off their aristocracy in the streets. And it's surprising. I mean, it's not it's not surprising to see riots and shit going on in, in Paris right now, which you're not going to see on television, but they happen pretty much every day. Uh, yeah. But it is surprising that you haven't seen more of it out of Quebec because they they 100 percent carried over that uh, uh, anti-authoritarian ideology over to Canada when they came. Right. And it's been directed towards the the are towards Canada at large for the most part but now they're getting fucked over by their own government it's interesting to see how that progresses to be honest well we're about to so i was told today by uh, an individual that this so next week all of the provinces and territorial premiers are going to be meeting with uh, Justin Trudeau and they're going to be implementing the uh, i believe it's called well, for lack of a better example, they're actually going to be breaking our Canada's Constitutional Act of 1982, which allows us to have autonomy over our bodies and permission, as well as it's going to impose illegal mandates under the Emergency Measures Act, suspending Section 2, 7, and through 15 of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms for the next five years. So this is happening. No one, nobody's aware of it. Those, those freedoms within there fall under your religious freedom. They fall under freedom of thought. They fall under your sex, your age, your mental or physical disability. And then this week on the news, it was announced that Canada had been tapping over 33. I think it was three, three million, must've been 30 million. 33 million. Was it 33 million? million? I didn't want to misspeak on that number, but um, 33 million individuals phones over the holiday. If that, and they're out, that's what they're outward telling us. And yet no one seems to think this is an issue in this country. And when individuals like you talk about America and people are in the States going, well, that's drastic. And that's maybe a little verbose for what's actually truly happening. That's actually what's truly happening in Canada on a large scale, but no one in our country is stopping it. No one in our country is talking about it. Nobody in our country is trying to implement change to the extent that it's actually going to prevent this from pushing through the legislation. And that's what's dangerous is another five years where we will be under the tyranny, where we will have the the people knocking on the doors, force vaccinating our kids like Italy is doing. We have individuals in our Mental Health Monday group um, from Italy and on our signal chat. And they're so stressed. They're so terrified. They have the authorities knocking on people's doors in Italy with the health authority and hold, like straight vaccinating you, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that wouldn't work out for, for us here in America, thankfully. But um, yeah, it's interesting. One of your, uh, one of my favorite Canadian citizens, Gad Saad says, uh, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. And I think that's a very, uh, I mean, look, it's a very, we Americans like to hate on the French quite a bit, but it turns mm-hmm. out we learned quite a bit of that from them. Uh, English common law for sure is, is something that dominates our culture, but the uh, anti-authoritarian uh, 
like liberty leave me alone kind of shit that 100 came from uh france and it i think uh it's been very interesting to see how willing some people are to give up their freedom i don't know if they don't understand I don't know if they understand what it took to get it or what it might take to get it back. Maybe that's part of it. I think a lot of it is probably uh, <clears throat> spent cost fallacy, right? Like they've, they've spent so much time buying into the fear that now it would be embarrassing to admit they were wrong the whole time. Um, it's uh, something I've, that I've said quite a bit before. Nobody will fight harder to, preserve a lie than people that have wasted their entire lives believing it right you see this in all sorts of avenues whether it's you know certain religious dogma uh bad science belief in a in a in a government figure despotism things like that it happens quite a bit and we we don't pay enough attention well people just don't understand civics and history like if you said all that stuff about the constitution act of 1982 i doubt many canadian citizens would really understand what you're talking about right and what it what's up what, what's what's uh the potential for loss there and what it really means uh because it has cascading effects right it has more than just cascading effects it has direct effects over the next five years of our generation including our children and we are already seeing and I know you know the research, but I know that we're already seeing a drastic drop in IQ in our children over the COVID kids. Mm -hmm. age. I don't know if you have children, but I have one who is five, who's currently just entering the education system. And that has been a goddamn nightmare. Yeah, I bet. Now we've got a, um, I have a 14 year old stepson and uh, I mean, to be honest, it's video games rotting his brain, but it, uh, we did see quite a marked uh effect from not being in classrooms um over the last year a lot of his schooling uh in the first semester of last year was remote because schools were closed for no apparent reason um and then the second half of the year we were moving uh i was moving into a new house uh they were moving in with me and uh, he was remote for a lot of that and it got to a point where I'm looking at his grades and his shitty attitude and behavior. I'm like, this is over. Like you're going back into a classroom, even though I think that American public education should be completely defunded. Uh, I, I think uh, what, what's happening here and you can see it with, uh, there's a man named Corey DeAngelis that's running a lot of this. You can find him on Twitter. Uh, he's a good follow. Um, he's uh, advocating for the school choice. So like in New Jersey, I think they spend $27,000 a year per kid in, in public school. That's what it costs. And his, um, his focus has been on, okay, cool. Your public school sucks. So if a parent decides to pull their kid out, they should get that money to spend on that kid's education, however they choose. Right. Really? Uh, and I, it, yeah, I think, honestly, I think it's the only thing that can save public education in America because creating a market opportunity like that, the well here in the u.s it started in the early 2000s with this no child left behind nonsense um it was a uh george bush thing where i was gonna say why do they i feel tied, like heard that yeah they tied federal funding of public schools to test scores right so the end of year test scores if they didn't meet a certain level then that school didn't get funded for the next year and the idea was to motivate them to teach kids well enough that they would be able to pass the test. 
well, you don't teach to the test, right? That's not how education works. So all the kids uh, learned was how to respond to the answers they were going to see on the test, and they didn't actually learn anything. And we saw over the course of four to six years, uh, uh, like an aggregate loss of about two grade levels in average reading capability, right? Oh. Yeah, not great. And so is that still going on? Uh, no. So now we use, uh, God, what's the new one? Uh, they were, they were still doing testing. Um, but then they decided they oddly enough, not oddly enough, but funny enough, the thing that got rid of that was that they decided testing was racist. Right. Um, which cause everything racist? is that, yeah, that's how you get rid of things is just call it racist. Oh, you guys are so American. Um, it hurts. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the next thing, um, I'm sorry, the way that this could potentially solve the American public education crisis is creating market competition. So now those schools and the administrations of those schools and the teachers of those schools have to deliver a product to the families, not to the government. Right. So their client isn't the government and their work product isn't test scores anymore. Their client is the teacher or the families of these children that they're teaching. And the work product isn't what they're teaching necessarily, although if it's CRT and all that nonsense, that's not going to work out for them. Right. The, the, work, the work product is a well socially and educationally balanced child. And if parents aren't getting that, they're going to pull their kids out, which forces the public school to up their game and provide that service, right? So right. there may be a few years where charter and private schools get more, you know, kids. But over time, if public education responds the way anybody else would in the marketplace, they will come back to a much, much better system, right? That's how it works. Well, that's it's it's interesting to see because in Canada, I know right now we've we've run into they started well they sent home these um, this week. I'm gonna sneeze. You know when it's right there. Oh. Do it. Oh, I know, but it, now it's gone. Damn it. Um, wow. So when when you I know I'll get it. So you know when you go to when you go to school in Canada, we run the you know we run a very similar. I remember when I was young, we did the test scores, we did that whole thing, we did the split age classes. Mm. I remember all of these, and then. Now with our son, we opted for outdoor preschool, which was forest school. So he was in the woods learning stuff with hatchets, um, which most parents called child abuse, which I think is disgusting. And then we integrated him into the school system this year, hoping and thinking that that would be obviously the right decision. Um, but then what we really found out was that, you know, when this, we knew this on the back end that, you know, the school system really is designed to be catered to the, for lack of a better example, the the, the less smart child in the room, it's got to be right. a kid that can, you know, it's got to be down to the lowest denominator to make sure that everybody else can thrive. And we're finding that it's just, it's a sad state of affairs when last week they sent home because of Omicron, a, a pre-warning in advance that our schools probably will be closing and kindergarten will be going online. They wanted permission to have access to my son on a camera in a, in a room where I would have to sit there for multiple hours a day while he tried to do kindergarten online. And to me, that was the most disgusting and lazy attempt at our child's education. And right. I said to the principal, what is the thought process around this? Well, you know, 
the teachers are great and that they want to stay, but if we do not have enough children to fill the classrooms, then it doesn't make sense for the teacher to come. And I said, well, does it make sense for the teacher to just sit at home while she or he tries to educate other kids on a computer while trying to raise a family? Does that make better sense? Because as of right well, I mean, now, the, we, we know what the result is, right? Like it's, it, the Chicago teachers union is involved in a strike right now, right? An illegal oh, really? strike, I don't know actually. about this. Yeah, yeah. So they they pretty much walked out. They wanted to do remote uh, learning, um, and the the mayor Lori Lightfoot, who the one that looks like Beetlejuice. Um, oh yes. Uh, yeah, she's a she's a horrific human being. Still letting people out of prison, even though they've had a they set a record for homicides this year. Um, Wait, let's keep doing that. Right. Yeah. So the uh, the watchdog for the teachers are uh, that kind of keeps an eye on the teachers union found that um at when they were doing remote learning in 20 and 21 uh the average chicago teacher logged in less than three times per week to even check on the kids right so they were working probably like 10 hours a day maybe something like that or i'm sorry 10 hours a week uh so not only is the kid not getting um the socialization that they normally would, which is the only thing that really matters in the first several years of school is the socialization, like low, low level conflict resolution is what makes a human being a good human being over time. That's just, there's no question about that. So uh, not only they're being robbed of that, but they're not even getting instructed by these assholes. Uh, It's, it's a complete failure. And even the New York times wrote an article about how fucked up kids are getting because of this stuff. You know that's messed up when the New York Times is writing an article opposing that view and and standing up yeah. for kids. You know, people have finally, it seems like have had enough, at least in the United States. And it, that was something I wanted to bring back to you, though. When you were saying that, you know, that would never happen in America. Is that strictly because America has guns and Canada barely has any? Yes. Same with yes, Australia yeah. and everything else. That's why. It, oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, so pretty. It is. Yeah, I've got a lot. I just have knives. That's all I'm allowed. I mean, we're allowed certain well, it's guns. Not, it's like England, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, it was so funny because I'm going to go do a hunt for the first time. I'm planning on doing my first hunting experience this year, right? And I remember saying to my mm. buddies, like, you know, you need to go get like all your licenses. I said, okay, cool. So like, what, what am I going to buy? And they're like, oh, you can't have anything you want. You can only have these weapons. And yeah. then a couple of years ago, they made you turn in anything that resembled a semi-automatic weapon. And then when I go down to visit people like you in the States and I walk in and see nothing but handguns and long barrel rifles everywhere in the house, it's a shock and awe to the system. I won't lie to you just because we we're not exposed to that. And I do wonder if Canada, if Canada really did have the, the gun laws that you guys had, if this would actually be happening to us, if Trudeau would be able to go on the news like he did last night, take his mask off and speak directly to children and tell them and terrify them and say that you have to get vaccinated if you want to go to school. You have to get vaccinated to do X, Y, and Z. You're talking to children. You're mass right. manipulating small human beings. Well, I don't know if it was, I don't, I don't know if it's the fact that our population is armed that stops politicians from seeing stupid shit i mean uh biden was on television this morning and was calling on the media and social media to censor what he referred to as disinformation but what he really means is anything that doesn't fit the party narrative and the uh, frankly uh what we found is a couple of things one they're fucking wrong about everything right i mean they've not been right about anything and now they're trying to pivot back to this point where uh shapiro tweeted something yesterday 
as an example, it was a super liberal person saying something very reasonable. And he was like, oh, finally, it's starting to dawn on them. I'm like, no, it's not starting to dawn on them. They're trying to pivot back, right? And take credit for all this shit. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to talk about how hard it is uh, to control all this stuff. They're talking about how most people who are uh, who died uh, with COVID died with and not from it, right? Because now the deaths are on Biden's fucking clock. That's why. Right. Uh, and they're talking about uh, all this other stuff. They're just pivoting, trying to take credit for shit and hoping people won't remember that they were wrong this entire time. They've been wrong about everything, right? Well, uh, so when Tulsi Gabbard posted a video, I think it was yesterday, uh, she posted a video and I don't, I don't, you know, get into politics much because I frankly don't know the ins and outs of the United States, pol you know, politicians as well as I would. I can obviously see the absolute burning pile of garbage that is going on in the United States right now. And I followed it for some extent after I exited the military, but for the most part, watching this is concerning. And then I saw an ad for 2024 that included Biden and my brain nearly melted. He can't walk now. Right. Yeah. I'm genuinely yeah, that's pretty weird. concerned for you guys. Uh, no, we'll be fine. I mean, the good thing about um, the United States is federalism, right? I mean, the ninth mm -hmm. and 10th amendments, to the constitution, even though it appears as uh, though the associate justice uh, of the Supreme court Sotomayor doesn't understand why the states would have rights that the federal government doesn't. I mean, that was a pretty frightening thing to hear because now I know she was just a diversity hire. Like there's, there, she is not competent enough to be in that position, oh, frankly, because that that's day one stuff. You're a constitutional lawyer. If you were on the Supreme court, right. That's what right. you do is interpret the constitution from a legal standpoint. And she doesn't understand the constitution. That That's a very basic premise in the constitution, the ninth the 10th amendments, uh, the, and the Bill of Rights reassign any authority not explicitly mentioned in the Constitution of the first eight uh, 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 entries into the Bill of Rights back to the state, right? Including voting, like deciding how they vote, all this stuff. Now they're trying to pass this Federal Voting Rights Act, and it is completely unconstitutional. There's nothing constitutional whatsoever about that for the federal government to step in and try to uh, uh, persuade states on how they should because really what they want to do is they want to get to a system like california where it's mail-in voting and that's it right it's dangerous uh i mean there's no evidence so far that mail-in voting has been corrupted but that doesn't mean it's not corruptible you know what i mean it's incredibly corruptible it's like the easiest access it's you've gone from online you know hacking to just blatant 1970s just get the mail it's not yeah. you're making it more accessible i mean you're making it harder for foreign agents but you're making it easier for everybody else on the soil and that's that 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 bothers me we did mail-in voting when i was deployed and mm. obviously because we were deployed i remember they're like fill this out and actually didn't even know we were having an election at the time so you know so that was really great voting um but I, I'm curious about you a little bit, Dan, because I think you talk a lot on your on all your different platforms about current events and everything that you guys do. And, you know, you have so many different co-hosts and you interview all these different types of people. But I don't know personally if, if that many people have really pried into you a little bit. And yesterday or this week, I said to you, I said, oh, this is going to be a week. I've got a monk and Dan Holloway on the show. And you said, I've been to monastery. You you've 
I want to seminary. Yeah, yeah. Seminary. So can you explain to me a little bit about your background? Because these are things that I just can't wrap my brain around with you. Sure. I'll give you an elevator pitch. Um, Ooh, I like so that. a little autistic, I guess, Asperger's, um, sometime around, it was right before I turned, uh, 11. So it would have been 91 in October, I think. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> uh, I was, uh, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, like it's, it's, you could tell that you process information differently than other people. And most kids, like, I think everybody processes information differently. So it's not, it doesn't make you unique necessarily, but most special. kids, no, well, nobody's special. No. Uh, I think most kids just want to fit in. Right. Yeah. So they hide whatever's unique about them until they become comfortable as a human being. And then maybe it starts to come out later, which is unfortunate to be honest, but I didn't care about that. Like I didn't like people. So I didn't really give a fuck about fitting in. Uh, so I was just trying to discover what was going on with me. And I read a, um, a couple of uh, studies done in, at the University of Jerusalem in the early 1950s, I think 51 and 53 on using LSD to treat uh, autism. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I've heard my Were brother 10? talking about that. Uh, uh, I was almost 11. Um, so, oh, okay. So that makes a drastic yeah. difference in reading medical papers yeah. at almost 11. That feels normal. Well, to me. I mean, it's just words in English. It's how hard is it to understand? Well, I'm sorry. Right. If I were to sit down right now and ask an 11 year old, can you research this and read this to me? They'd be like, no, why would you, I mean, to take the initiative for yourself to go and do that. I just thought, I guess maybe that's what I'm talking about. Just the initiative and, and mm. the intent alone seems crazy well yeah we're but that's that's what your brain is right your brain is a right. very sophisticated machine used to uh, uh identify threats and benefits that's all it does it. really right there's a lot of other complicated stuff that happens but that's anyways so um read that and i remember my hearing my brother talking about it he was a bit of a piece of shit too uh and i say that in a nice way because i'm a giant piece of shit um I was like, oh, I could just get it from him or his friends and then I'll, I can try it out. So I started doing acid sometime like three or four months after I turned 11. And I did it a lot. By the time I graduated high school, I'd done it like 600 times, I think. Like, Where I would, were I would your take parents? Uh, they were around, but I'm such a fucking weirdo. I don't think they even noticed, to be honest. Okay. Acid at 11. If, I'm feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I was tripping out fucking staring at the ceiling in the uh a lot of I, I i didn't microdose either though i was on full i was i was taking like a bunch and then i did uh what year was that 2004 the year before i joined the army i did it every day for a whole year that was pretty dope too um how did that how did you survive i mean i'm sorry maybe i'm super naive here but the idea of doing acid at that age developmentally and just handling your own body at that age right yeah i mean look it's we're we're all going through uh a lot of shit during that time period in our lives i think i just added one more stimulus to it and me okay. frankly over time i i've i've come to discover that that's something that i needed right so i the, one of the metaphors i use is it was like uh uh i was a record but my brain was playing at the wrong rpm so i needed to change the speed at which it played for things to make sense to me right yeah uh, okay 
I I didn't have any like I didn't have any of the weirder symptoms like cross synaptic firing or anything like that, but it, I could tell that you know I needed something to balance myself out. And um, <clears throat> anyways, I got really interested in history, trying to after I was reading medical journals, like all right, this is cool. How did any of this? You know, it's like it's and it's not you again. It's not unique to me or whatever condition I may have had. People do this all the time. You you get on fucking YouTube. Like, oh, that's a weird looking thing. I'm going to look this up on Wikipedia. And all of a sudden it's three hours later and you're in a fucking, like you're in a daze, right? I yeah. just did it in my regular life instead of doing it at three o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so got really interested in history. And I, the, I figured out pretty quickly that at least when it comes to Western history, the best way to understand it is by studying religion, right? So I studied comparative religion in college. Then I got a degree in computer network security. Then I went into the army. Then I got out um, and got a degree in uh, in security management. And then I got a master's degree in home, like international homeland security, like focused on border. My, my thesis on border security. Ooh. Then I did some other stuff. Oh, I have a couple of questions. I want to ask about that. I love your elevator pitch. Thank you so much for that. Sure. But I'm going to yeah. try now. So is there any chance... You're like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. Just hit me with them. I saw your hand gesture there. Um, when you were that age. 83% you... of communication is nonverbal, by the way. Oh, yeah, I know. I know all about yeah, it. Yeah, so. That's what, my, that's what people hate about me because I will see things and be like, I saw you twitch. Let's talk about the twitch. <laughs> Let's fully yeah. call you out on it. Um, so when you were that age, though, was there any chance that you did any sort of journaling during that year of um intense psychedelic use or writing or anything that you have from that time? Um, I definitely have writing cause I was in school then, but, right. um, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I wasn't really trying to record the process. I was just trying to experience it. I think a lot of people right. spend a lot of time trying to record what they're doing, whether it's on social media or, it's always weird to me when I see there's a <clears throat> next to my old condo here in downtown Austin, there's a park and uh, it kind of, it runs uh, east, west, or I'm sorry, north, south. So people will sit in there and look at all of the buildings in the park. And it, but if you turn around, you see the sunset, right? And they're sitting there like filming stuff in the city, like the build, the Google building and the Facebook building and a bunch of other shit. I'm like there's a sunset right there, asshole. You can just put your phone on and look at it with your eyeballs. You know what I mean? Right. That's that shit's weird to me. People are like, oh, hold on, I gotta get my phone. Like, why don't you just watch what's happening and then oh. enjoy that? Right. I, I don't think um I don't think there's a whole lot of it, which I, I suppose is kind of ironic considering like a third of my life has fucking filmed, but uh, I know this is uh, why I'm sitting here going like you film and like you do everything on camera, you film everything. And to hear yeah. your perspective on that is actually really refreshing because I think most people, if they were to just look at you at a glance or just give you a quick Google, didn't know absolutely anything about you. They would know that you're intelligent. They would know that you, you speak out. They know that you you're constantly doing something on a platform where you're filming or sharing they, I wouldn't have expected for you to have a viewpoint like that on things like that, which is kind of refreshing, to be honest with right. you. Well, what a, one of the skills that I developed um, 
from doing all that shit and just from uh researching things and hanging out with people i mean look a lot of it is for pete for kids that are somewhere and i think uh the it, what we refer to as the autism spectrum is something that affects almost every human being that's my opinion on that because like, you hear people like uh jerry seinfeld talks about having being on the spectrum uh but you would never be able to tell right there's right. unless unless he i mean there, there are these really complicated tests that they make you take to kind of try to place you somewhere but now it's asperger's isn't a thing anymore they just refer to it as autism spectrum disorder asd and it's it's just like you're you're somewhere on this spectrum somewhere uh but i think everybody probably has some degree of that because uh, i think it's probably just the way your brain tunes in uh, uh physiologically and socially i think that's what it is but anyways <clears throat> um a lot of people that kind of discover it young a lot of it is trying to I, th I think you start out mimicking the behavior of others and again that's not something that's unique to the condition because mirroring is something that people do all the time it's something that primates do uh hmm. they will they will adapt to whatever the people around them are doing you can hear people's accents change over time just by being around people with a different accent all sorts of stuff their mannerisms the, the, the way they laugh the way they mind it when hands. i was posted when I was posted at Quebec, I had a full, even when I spoke English and I was only speaking yeah. French, only explicit. My, I had a French accent while I was speaking English. Yeah. So the only difference between that stuff that happens every day to everybody from adolescence all the way through death is that I was aware of it. You know what I mean? So I became aware that I was doing that. I'm like, oh, cool. Why am I doing this? Trying to figure it out. Uh, and it turns out that it, it's, you know, just social conditioning. And I learned how and why people do things, right? That's the thing that I learned. And it gave me the ability to take complex ideas and translate them into everyday people's lives, right? So you take the piece of information and you think about it from that other person's perspective. How, how might this resonate with them or how might this affect them? Uh, what second, third, third order effects might hit them even if the primary doesn't? And then people really start to understand things. And I feel like if you have the ability to do something like that and you don't, you don't give it to people, then you're kind of a cunt, to be honest, because it's not easy for people to understand all of right. this stupid bullshit that's going on these days. Well, it's not. And I think you do a good job of uh, trying to express what's going on in a way that's digestible for everyday people who aren't maybe tuned into the news or understand the, the full backing of history, or understand the reasoning why everything is happening, because it seems like it's fairly clear now to some extent, or those that are paying attention, why things are happening the way they're happening. But for most people with this, you know, mass psychosis type of behavior and, and way that we think people really are, are having a hard time cultivating thoughts outside of what they're being told the inability to think for themselves and think critically is really more of a, a rare incident. When I have conversations with other people, you can hear the reverberation of the news. You can hear it. Mm. It's almost like a tonage change. It's almost like, well, but did you hear? And then they get this whole bot like, well, did you not hear about da, 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 da. And then they go back to being mm. a normal, the, the normal way. It's like something switches on in them and they're just repeating bullshit. And so it's right. interesting. Well, it's to because know. there's a there's a social cost and benefit 
to that sort of thing. There's a social cost to uh, being thought of as wrong, to being thought of as crazy or a conspiracy theorist or whatever. And that's why that's one of the primary weapons that those in institutional power use against people. They use words like crazy and conspiracy theorist and disinformation and blah, 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 because they know that resonates with people. There's also a social advantage to being part of the in group and not part of the out group. And if, uh, uh, you know, it, which it's, th this is a very interesting situation because it turns out that the majority of people don't actually believe any of this shit. They're right. just pretend they, they're, they're putting on airs to be part of what they think is the end group, but they only think that's the end group because of the manipulation of Twitter and Facebook and the legacy media, right? That's just an image that's being projected them through their screen all the time. But if you look around to the average person, it's not really like that, right? People, right. people aren't sitting around talking about racism all the time or any of that. They're talking about inflation and stop teaching my kids stupid bullshit. That's what they're talking about, right? Right. And that you saw, we saw it in Virginia uh, not too long ago in the election for governor there. Uh, uh, Glenn Youngkin and uh, that Terry McAuliffe guy had signed a number of documents with the phrase critical race theory on them. And then he tried to deny that critical race theory was even a thing. Like, that's your name. That's the phrase. It's on the same piece of paper about two inches apart, asshole. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's a limit to people's cognitive dissonance. At some point, their brain switches on and they're like, no, 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 wait a minute. You know what I mean? And it usually is when it becomes personal for them. A lot of those right. liberal families and Virginia realized that their kids were being taught bullshit. And that's when they got pissed off, right? When it directly affects someone, if it's, I find at least personally, if it's only one person away from you, you will change behavior based off of that. If it's about five people away from you, in terms of like somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, there's that space, that gap that it's almost gives them the freedom to be, to think they're stupid little thoughts. I don't understand why individuals struggle so hard with, with just critical thinking. And maybe that's naive of me because I was given emotional intelligence and the ability to attend enough philosophy in schools to think about, mm. I don't have to think like everyone else, but I think that's also just been a massive problem for me since I've been four. So this doesn't shock anybody at this point, but for right. you, how has that changed and it, you know, really affected your life? Because I know Somebody who has done psychedelics that hard, went that hard, that young, did you find that it gave you the ability to learn better, communicate better, assimilate better into society? Like what, what did you notice the difference from the first, when you, when you didn't use psychedelics to the whole year after you did acid every day? Um, I mean, the first thing that happens is, uh, well, I, I th for me, the first thing that happened for me, I don't want to say that this would happen for anybody else, but your uh, bullshit detector gets switched on real fast, right? Because you start to notice things you didn't notice before, like body language, uh, like we were talking about, um, 80 some percent of, of all communication is, is nonverbal. Um, so, and if you don't think that's true, walk into a room uh, of strangers and just look at their faces, how their hands are positioned, what their posture is like, and see if you can figure out what they're thinking. You know what I mean? And it, your brain will take you places. It'll make some assumptions. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong, but there's definitely information there. A lot Thanks more information nervous. than the lie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're fine. The, a lot more information <laughs> than the, than the, the lies they're telling you. I mean, because there's so much cost benefit in, in socialization, people 
tend to to veer towards being used car salesmen. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to sell what they think is a shitty project, uh, a product. Uh, and you can see it uh, very easily. The people that are louder and, and more more boisterous and trying to make their point and less nuanced in, in their conversations probably are deeply insecure, right? Because they don't, anybody that's that's trying to, unless it's like math, two plus two equals four. If somebody's trying to have a social conversation or uh, uh, some kind of, exegesis like um uh <clears throat> extrapolation of history or 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 socialization or or ec- even economics to some degree if they're not having a nuanced conversation it's because they don't they either they're not able to or they're not capable of holding two separate ideas in their mind at the same time and and weighing them against one another or they have attached so much social and emotional energy to this belief that they can't let it not be true, right? And that that's a big problem too. Uh, it's 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 a big part of the spent cost fallacy. And uh, you know, I guess that was the first thing. My bullshit detector goes up immediately. Uh, I can tell when people, you know, are full of shit. Um, as far as the, I guess there was some part in the beginning where I was able to better understand people and their motivations and fit in better, I guess, uh, that, that was part of it, but I very quickly learned that I didn't really care for fitting in. Um, there's like, there's a benefit to it. If you are just trying to go through your life without being bothered, I guess, to some degree, but there, there comes a point, uh, where you have to just be yourself, you know? Well, one of the things I like to say is uh, say what you believe and sign your fucking name to it. Otherwise you're a coward. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of people want to, uh, uh, the, it's funny. God, who was I listening to the other day? It may have been, uh, Gad Saad, uh, but he, he was like, people DM me all the time. Like, thanks for standing up for the truth. I wish I could do that. Like, well, I don't Just really do respect then. that. Yeah. I don't, I don't respect you. If you, if you, text me and tell me that um people people see it's it's the same thing with like a musician or an athlete or something people see the product and they assume that that just happened and they don't see the work behind it i'm not in a position today to do whatever i want just by random chance i did all this shit on purpose and uh uh, you know maybe you can do it maybe you can't but if you if you want to live a life that doesn't depend on other people. I highly recommend it. Otherwise you're fucked. Well, I also think too, it's, there is something to be said for people who are willing to stand up for their beliefs, uh, unapologetically, but also have a constructive conversation about multiple different things on either side of the spectrum and not blow up and run out yeah. of the room, the emotional intelligence to sit there and be like, Hey, I believe what you're saying about this. And that may be accurate at this time frame. But that being said, new research, new data, new science, let's have that conversation. And that's really what you're seeing with, with the world. I think, like you said, well, I've actually got a really good this. example of that. Ooh, I've got a really good example of that. So, um, it was the case, and I've studied criminology quite a bit uh, for, for a very long time. Worked for Homeland Security. I worked in private security doing risk management and all sorts of stuff for, for a long time. <clears throat> it was the case in criminology, and, and there are also studies from 
a hundred years ago to this effect, but uh, the number one predictor of crime was poverty. And that was a widely held institutional belief. If you see a poor area, there's probably going to be more crime there, right? Now that's to some degree still true, but it turns out over the last 25 years, it's shifted a bit. The number one predictor of crime now is a fatherless home by a pretty wide margin, right? Really? So yeah, it's about 60% higher than poverty. Jesus Christ. So, so even kids, um, uh, uh, like white and Asian children in or kids rather like teenagers in affluent areas. And I, I use those two ethnicities because they're the two most affluent in, in our particular country. Currently uh, in ours in Vancouver uh, as well. In the, in the aggregate, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. Even those kids that have fatherless homes find themselves in trouble more than poor kids in um, minority neighborhoods that have fathers in their homes by a pretty wide bar, like 60%. It's not even close. So that's something that I've been talking about for years, the poverty thing, because I think it's a big problem in our country. I think the, I, I like to, I say this a lot. The only color that really matters in this country is green, right? It's, uh, you don't see LeBron James getting pulled over, getting rousted by police for a number of reasons. One, because the, of the way he presents himself, but also because uh, uh, he doesn't have to get up to any bad behavior because he's already wealthy and there's no benefit to him. He's, he's bought into the American experiment. Uh, not that I like the guys, he's a cunt, but um, he's bought into the American experiment, which is uh, cool. I'm, I've made wealth for myself, leave me the fuck alone, which I think is a pretty good attitude to have it's provided that you also are willing to help people, right? So if you have a good thing and your first instinct is to protect it and keep it to yourself, then you're a piece of shit. Uh, and while I don't like him because of the things he does with China, he has built, he has spent millions and millions of dollars of his own money on schools, like kids, making sure kids get educated and uh, underserved communities. So, you know, it, it's, he, he's an example of how it doesn't really matter what your race is here. This it's not, it hasn't been about that because if you go to West Virginia to an old uh, mining town or in the fucking uh, Appalachians, you're going to find the same fucking behavior that you'll find in inner city gangs, right? The police won't go there. They won't go. There are these uh, hollows in Kentucky where the police will not go. They won't go really? because they know they're going to get fucked up if they go there. It's no different. It'd be the, the individual individual liberty and entrepreneurship, the ability to make your own way is the ultimate inoculation against tyrannical bullshit. It is the only thing that will ever stop it. Um, and we're not there now. People are, are coming back to this nanny state bullshit where they're either too lazy or too scared to do things for themselves. We've lost the pioneer spirit, I guess. Well, it's happened up here as well. I mean, they're struggling left, right, and center to get individuals to work just because we're paying everyone, right? And in Canada, they gave out a loan that you had to pay back by the end of this year if you wanted your business to survive while it was being shut down. Um, But then they extended that. So everyone should be super grateful that they don't have to pay back all this massive amount of debt that they 
forced you to take if you wanted your business to survive that they chose to shut down. So there's this, there's this monopoly and idea on you can be an entrepreneur, you can work really hard, you can achieve all of these great things, but our government at least has made it very abundantly clear that if we were to do all of those things and, you know, don't burden the system and pay our taxes and do those things that we would be fine. But now we have come to find out that it is very clear that if you are an entrepreneur, you're actually, you're probably going to lose your business during COVID. And if we haven't done it yet, we're going to make sure that you do. And if we haven't shut down your social that provides the sales to that, we're going to make sure that we shut that down. So then that you have to rely directly on us all of the time. And that to me is a, is a really sad state of affairs. It's to the point where when my own five-year-old has more drive to come to my office or my husband's warehouse and work on the weekends than any other human I know my age that won't go to work because they know they're going to get paid by the government. Like that's troubling. That's, that shouldn't be allowed. That shouldn't be a, an acceptable behavior. But for us, that seems to be the state of affairs for us. You guys, on the other hand, because you have state level and you have federal level, you guys have a different ball game than us. And that's my hope for you is that you, we learn a little bit from you guys, because if we don't, I feel like uh, Canada's going to, going to go down really, really fast. We are, well, allow- I mean, we're dealing, we're dealing with the same shit that you guys are, to be honest, there's you quite a bit guns. of, uh, yeah, for have, sure. I mean, if and it you'll co- use them though. Correct. If it comes to that. Yeah. But I, I think people got to be really careful about, th- uh, about that because <clears throat> Interdiction is most effective at the earliest possible level, right? So think about it this way. We, we start out as a community uh, passing notes to one another. We're right next to each other. We're whispering. Uh, and then we get farther apart and we start to raise our voice. And we get so far apart that we can only yell at each other. And then we get so far apart that only uh, projectiles can reach one another, right? And that's when war happens. You want to stop that shit in its tracks. And I think it's a really, uh, a lot of American conservatives are like, we can, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, we're at that bridge. Now we're always at that bridge. Uh, as Todd likes to say, we're only one generation, we're only ever one generation away, uh, from the extinction of Liberty. So, um, people need to get involved in, the most important thing I think people can do is educate themselves, but the, the second most important thing I think they can do is make themselves self-reliant and then use that self-reliance to help their neighbors also become self-reliant. Right. If, the, if, if, if socialism and communism are systemic viruses, and I believe they are, so is liberty, right? And France has taught us that quite a few times. As I said before, every, every, hundred or every 200 years or so, they cut the heads off all of their fucking patricians and move on to some new form of government. <clears throat> Can you uh, imagine if we just started? <laughs> but it's, Here's you know, cut had time. Uh, Let's go team. Yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, really important that, that people understand also what's going on from a nuanced position, because if you don't, it's like a, a medical treatment. If you die in, if you incorrectly diagnose, something or if you try to treat it in a corporal fashion that is to say just treat every throw everything at it instead of being laser focused on exactly what the problem is then you're going to have a lot of unintended consequences so hanlon's razor says don't assume 
malice when incompetence will explain right ah. so don't 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 assume they're trying to do it on purpose when it could just be mere incompetence and i think the federal government is extremely incompetent they're afraid of losing control the power that they have um and expanding that power seems like the best thing to do some of these things just it's like mission creep it gets it runs away from you so <clears throat> there are all these levels Student loan debt is a big discussion between the right and left in this country. Uh, I understand both sides. I understand why people who paid their student loans would be like, fuck you, pay your bills. I had to pay mine, pay your bills. Right. I also understand how <clears throat> the housing market in the United States is fucked because people from 25 to 30 who used to be getting married and buying their first starter homes are now renting until they're 40, right? So the average... Uh, the average person, so it used to be 45% of Americans were renters. This is like 15 years ago. And 55% were homeowners. Now it's 63% of people are renters, right? That's bad. That's and it means bad. that <clears throat> instead of owning your first home, right, which uh, helps the housing market, it, it helps it in generating more revenue, which ultimately keeps prices lower, right? And the, the primary source of wealth that a person in North America makes over the course of their life is in the, uh, the equity they build in their mortgage. That is right. the primary source of wealth. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing. The second thing is these younger people no longer have any expendable income until they're in their mid, mid to late thirties, right? Which also dampens every other part of the economy. Now you see lockdowns and government regulation kill small business so big business gobbles up all the competition. That's how it works. So whether it's big corporate uh, rental companies or whether it's Amazon or any of these other companies that's, that, that have the, uh, the, uh, they have the pull in Washington and they have the capital and the legal expertise to do these things and sub, um, uh, subvert these laws or whatever else to be able to do the shit that small businesses cannot do. And now just by a function of that being a reality, they can't, they, they can succeed where uh, mom and pop places go out of business. So you have more corporate control at the top, right? More corporate control over housing, over business, and that money gets then spent buying political influence through super PACs, through political donations, and so on and so forth. And it creates something far more dangerous. <sighs> In communism, in my opinion, communism is something that is so egregious that almost inexorably people will fight back against it. Everywhere you've seen it happen in the world, people have ultimately fought back against it. Not in the home country, Russia and China, they've had problems fighting back against it, but all their satellite countries have always had revolutions to some degree. Uh, but corporatism is another problem, right? Corporatism takes all of your power away. It takes all of it away. You have no money. You have the, the government and their corporate allies control everything. And then what do you do, right? Because exactly. in, in communism, it's so fucked up that you have to respond. But in corporatism, think about um, Ready Player One, where the, the corporations own your debt and the only way to get out of it is to work for them, right? They provide all the employment, which means they provide all the money. You know what I mean? It, that is a much bigger problem because it, 
it's a much bigger problem because it, it kind of eases you into the process. And then before you know it, you're in shackles. And I think that's what's happening in North America right now. And it's a big fucking problem. That's what I was going to say to you um, was communism. Yes. It's one of those things that people will uprise. They will, they will go, they will put their lives on the line to stop this from happening. So the next generation doesn't have to survive that. But when somebody doesn't fully understand that is slowly happening to them, that's what makes me nervous, right? That's where my like, huh, people aren't getting it. Why aren't they getting it? They're not seeing it. We do this to other countries. Why aren't we seeing that we're doing it to ourselves? Okay. But then again, I, I also, I love that you said that it's not necessarily always malice, but it's also ignorance. And so I'm choosing to think that the majority of my country is just being ignorant because if I were allowing my brain to go to the thought that they're just being that naive, that, that, um, willing, that just so accepting of giving everything that we went to war to fight for, then I will have, I will fully combust. So my idea is I'm going to stick with ignorance because it keeps me sane at this point, but I have one more. Well, there's also, there's also, before we move on, there's a, there's a pretty, uh, there's a pretty readily available and easily administered remedy for ignorance. And that is information. Ah, yes. Education, not difficult. Yes. But you have Mm -hmm. to also then at that point, that individual has to want to educate, right? And if they're not even at the stage where they realize they're being manipulated or ignorant and you try to have those conversations, and I've done that. I've tried to have several of those conversations in a calm, normal tone with providing plenty Mm -hmm. of evidence and paperwork, and yet you're still met with that resistance. And at that point, that's when I go, okay, I can't, I can't change everyone around me and I'm not trying to change everyone, but I guess what I'm trying to do is maybe just punch the door enough that it puts a crack in it. That information can slowly start to flow enough that you can then make up your own mind and not say, you shove this down my throat. That's not my style. I won't do that. So I'll just try crack the door, let the information start to flow and hope for the best at that point. But I know I only have so much time with you. So I do have one more question though, because you know, a couple of things, I'm going to need more hours with you. Get on board. Number two, I want to understand a little bit because you're in the space of constant information, bombardment, you've been shadow banned. Uh, Every time I message you, I get uh, a thing that pops up on Instagram that said that this person actively uh, distributes disinformation on a regular basis. Are you sure you want to communicate with them? Oh, yeah. Only, well, you, which is funny because I don't really, I don't really share any of the, uh, covid stuff which is what they really flag people for except right. for except for scientific studies i'll just like uh somebody will tag me in it or i'll see it as a post and i'll just share it on my story and that's it. right like i don't yeah. i don't post any like we've had mccullough on our show we'll have malone on our show but i don't typically post their studies i i'll send them i'll send people links to it and shit because i want them to be able to have uh and as much information as possible Right. Uh, and I don't agree with everything both of those guys say either. So I'm not just like, it's not a tacit endorsement of anything. So it's no, weird. but I, uh, I, I'm curious to see how you guys are going to go with that because I, I want to talk with them and I want to have a few conversations about Canada mm-hmm. because the United States is a different duck. You guys are a different duck yeah. across the board and it's hard to talk to individuals in Canada about this. No one will have that conversation. No one. Well, I mean, uh, so how does that conversation go? If you're, um, if there's a guy, let, let's just say you're in a, uh, in a, a convenience store and a guy walks in with a gun and you're, mm-hmm. 
hiding behind the shelves with a couple of people you don't know. And you're like, Hey, somebody has got to do something. You're like, well, he's got a gun, right? What are you going to do? If people feel powerless, they feel like they're out of options. Now, some right. people panic, some people freeze. It's a fight, flight, freeze kind of situation. Some people do stupid shit, but very few people make good decisions in that environment. And I think you guys are in that environment now, the same thing with Australia, because you've given up your right to defend yourselves. Right. Correct. And we've also, we're about to this week, uh, by the looks of it, give up the next five years of our constitutional rights to make uh, personal choices on literally sex, race, medical procedures, all things across the board, including with our children. So that to me, that to me scares the living shit out of me. And that's why talking to people like those individuals on a Canadian platform and having mm. those conversations with you are so important. People that listen to the show predominantly are American straight across mm. the board. But what we're finding is that people that do listen to the show have no goddamn clue how bad it is up here. Yeah. People they don't really pay no attention. Well, that's, that's kind of, it reminds me of an old Patrice O'Neill joke from back in the day. Uh, it's like, uh, not only do Americans not know what's going on in other countries, they don't really give a shit. Like somebody from Europe will be like, Hey, do you even know who our prime minister is? And you're like, no. And they're like, well, his name is like, nah, I don't, I don't want to know that shit. Get out of here. Yeah. But they should yeah. pay attention because you guys are like right there. And uh, my house you know, is mm. literally a ditch away from your land. Yeah. It is a ditch. Yeah. I jump it. I hop yeah. it all the time. We've had China soldiers mm. here in Ottawa in 2020. Mm and on Salt Spring Island. Yep. So we had them on the east and on the west. We had them training in our ranges with our soldiers, learning our everything. You cannot mm. tell me that you guys would allow Russia to come play fucking hangout on your bases. There would be no chance. So if the top house of your, the top of your house is on fire and mm. crumbling, y'all should care. Well, the bottom part of our house is also flooded, right? So it's like maybe we're just hoping it'll meet in the middle somewhere. I don't, I don't want to be in the, the middle somewhere, though. May, maybe the maybe the burn. flood, maybe the flood will put out the fire. I think is what uh, some folks are hoping. But that's why um, it's important to talk to people like you, so that people can yeah. understand, because that's something that we don't have enough of. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, this will be really interesting if they, if, if your government's able to pass that nonsense, I would expect to see, particularly from Vancouver, I would expect to see people, of, uh, uh, apply for, uh, political asylum in the United States. I would, if I was in Vancouver, I would be immediately applying for, because, uh, basically the, the standard for being able to do that is, uh, if something doesn't, isn't constitutional in the u.s right like mm -hmm. taking away your right to choose certain things compelled speech which you guys already have by the way with the this agenda is why nonsense. I'm, this is why i'm being deplatformed because canada has the yeah. right to use all my social media against me and it's not grandfathered and they can go back as far as they want so when i talk shit about trudeau or i talk mm. shit about any of these and if all been invited on the show to have conversations back and forth not something i'd berate you on just serious let tell me explain to me your thought process on this. We've right. We're one of the shows in Canada that should be able to get that. They will not sit down with you. They will not give you the time of day because they know if they do, I will rip them apart. Yeah. Because their yeah. shit is so <laughs> figuratively because I can't yeah. do that actually. But the point is, is we're allowing it and we're, we're mm. thinking that it's normal and we're normalizing this behavior 
And so, yeah, yeah, we've looked at moving to the States. Yeah. We've looked at moving to all different versions. We're essentially waiting to figure out which one of your States is not going to go batshit crazy before we decide which state to go to. Um, yeah, Florida and Texas are pretty safe. They're solid bets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but it's like uh, federal governments globally uh, are kind of like, it's like we left our teenage kid home for the weekend while we went out of town and they burned the goddamn house down, right? We, we gave somebody who clearly wasn't deserving entirely too much trust and authority and they've completely fucked everything up and there's only one reasonable response to that and that is to take every right away from them to take every responsibility away from them until they can prove to us once again that they are public servants i'm tired of people calling politicians leaders they don't lead shit they are elected representatives who serve the public i pay your salary fuck you if you don't do what i'm telling you to do then you get the fuck out of the way that's how it works right right? that's how it's supposed to work um but we have quite a bit of problem with that, we, we've the 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 founders of the country. Well, some of them uh, were pretty adamant about not allowing a patrician class and aristocracy to develop in America. There are there are no uh, there's no royalty here. Right. We, mm-hmm. we avoided that. Um, <clears throat> but it turns out. Uh, what we all what we should have known from the beginning and what they did know, which is why they explicitly wrote things into the Constitution to limit the power of the federal government, is that power attracts a certain kind of person, uh, people who desire power very rarely deserve it and people who deserve it very rarely de- desire it. And that is a big problem throughout all of humanity. It's a problem that uh, uh, it, well, I guess it's a problem with an easy solution. People who are uh, uh, both capable and responsible enough to wield power uh, are often dragged into it against their own will. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we haven't seen that yet in, in the United States. I see a lot of military veterans <clears throat> uh, getting involved in, in traditional politics and pretty much immediately becoming corrupted by the process. Dan Crenshaw is one of them. I don't know how, if you guys know who that is up there, but he was a yeah, I know. officer. He, yeah, I know he's who a Dan total Crenshaw. piece of shit. He's a total oh, really? piece of shit. And not okay. Yeah, not because not because of the uh like he doesn't support red flag laws and shit like that. That was something that people got on him about here in the US, but that was kind of a there's a lot of reasons to hate that guy. Um no. Uh, matter of fact, uh, a, a new study came out about uh Congress. So you know what the S P is, right? The stock market, not yeah. NASDAQ, but SP. So yes, I know what the S P yeah, the S P average. Uh it's it's dollar sign SPY. That's the standard. Three hedge funds in the United States beat the average in 2021. 35 politicians in America beat it, right? Individually. So there's 10 times more politicians who are smarter in the stock market somehow than the biggest hedge funds on earth, except they're not. They're just using information that they gleaned from these uh, classified meetings to make money for themselves. Uh, no, it's not actually. But I thought that you guys couldn't like, wasn't there a whole thing with Nancy Pelosi being like, we should be able to participate in the stock market. Well, and you're like, mm, no, that's insider trading. No, no, she can. Yeah, she can. Absolutely. She, she's defending a policy that exists currently. So okay. she's number five. She's number five on that list for okay. people. She's, she's, she was the fifth best at beating the S and P average. The fourth was best was, uh, Austin Scott, I think is his name. Uh, okay. number four, uh, is Dan Crenshaw. 
Republican oh, who's got my back, who's 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 defending our rights out there. This guy's a piece of shit. Uh, oh, wow. So, you know, it, it's when people say veterans need to get involved in politics, maybe. But which veterans? Right. Uh, I, I served with a lot of fucking retards, to be honest. Um, uh, and a lot of my friends right now are retards and I would not want them to be politicians. So, uh, the great you know, friend, we, the great friend, yeah, not, not yeah. leadership capability. We're not really looking for that from them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I happen to think that our political system is hopelessly broken and that, uh, we need to utilize the ninth and 10th amendments in ways that we haven't before, which is to say, null of, well, we have in some instances, it's nullification, right? That's what we call it okay. here. Uh, null, nullification is when there's a federal law that states feel is in, unconstitutional and they just stop enforcing the law. One of them is uh, we, like marijuana, right? So Massachusetts, California started out, Colorado got involved shortly thereafter and pretty much nullified any federal regulation on marijuana a long time ago, like 15 years ago. Um, and that's pretty much been the standard uh, nullification now. I think that nullification becomes big with mandates, right? So uh, Texas passed a law that any, uh, any company that exists inside of Texas can't have vaccination mandates, regardless of any kind of federal law. And we'll see how that plays out in the courts over the next six months. Uh, Supreme Court's going to rule on some of them already. Um, but there's a lot of companies that are based here right? Mm -hmm. Like Southwest yeah. Airlines are not Southwest, Southwest in Florida, Delta Airlines is here, uh, Facebook, Google, so on and so forth. Uh, Texas also passed a bill that allows private citizens to file lawsuits against social media companies for uh, discrimination based on political yeah. party or, or political ideology, oh, wow. right? Which is a, that's a very new thing. Uh, and I, I don't like the idea of just having to file lawsuits all the time, but that leads you know, to the repercussion. A There's a strategy forward yeah. and, and, and holding people accountable for their shit behavior. Texas sounds amazing. Correct, yeah. I love Texas. Uh, it, it, we'll see. But... I mean, it may be a bullet on a it may be a bullet or a band-aid on a bullet because uh There's how many how many how many fines can Facebook pay until it really matters to them? You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, well, they make so much money. Gonna... I don't know if it really matters. Not only that, is Texas does a lot of things with your laws that don't make any goddamn sense. Like your abortion rules make me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's I mean, they, weird. yeah, it's really fucked up. You guys are all like the land of the free. But then when it comes to women, it's like you don't get to fucking make a choice about your body. And that's where the line gets drawn with me. Uh, my body, my choice. Right. Suck it. You know, I don't really mm -hmm. care what your religion thinks of that. I was born and raised Catholic. I know what the law, I know what the law, I know what religion says, but I also know the repercussions and the other things that come with that and the nuanced ideals within abortion. So like, you know, Texas has its goddamn benefits. Woo. Does it ever? I mean, yeah. it's amazing. When I get a response from a Texan on an email, I had one, it was great. And I was like, Hey, so you ready to do this? And they're like something about like, my God given right or something freedom. And I was like, God damn it. I love mm. that email. Like that, the way you guys think of your freedom and you care about your society is definitely different than most. So, um, yeah, for sure. I'm optimistic for Texas, but I do know you have to jump. So I will do my best to respect that. But next time, uh, you come on, I do have some questions 
about how you handle how you handle all the shit you have coming at you with your mental health and all of that, because uh, our listeners really, they find a lot of use in individuals who are doing big things out in the public eye and how they handle their mental health. Because at the end of the day, we're only as good as our brains and how we think and how we feel. Right. It affects everything around us. And um, tips and tricks are always useful to the listeners, right? So keep them in mind for next time. And uh, we'll have you on again to, to chat a little more about that. But um, sure. I really appreciate you coming on and I appreciate you taking the time. And um, thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. All right, everyone. Um, short and sweet this week, but we will uh, see you all next week. Mm-hmm.